distracted. All right, today we are on to Matthew chapter four, four which comes after chapter three, which we did last week. So what are we doing next week? Good job, see? <laughs> Trying to make this easy for you. All right, we're on to Matthew chapter five. This is the word of God. The spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness so Satan might tempt him. After Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was starving. The tempter came to him and said, since you are God's son, turn these stones into bread. Jesus replied, it's written, people will not live by bread, but by every word spoken from God. After that, the devil brought him into the holy city and stood him at the highest point of the temple. And he said to him, since you are God's son, throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands, so that you will not hit your foot on a stone. Jesus replied again, again it is written, do not test the Lord your God. Then Satan brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all of these if you bow down and worship me. Jesus responded, go away, Satan, because it is written, you will worship the Lord your God and serve only him. The devil left him and angels came and took care of him. Now when Jesus heard that John was arrested, he went to Galilee. He left Nazareth and settled in Capernaum, which lies along the sea in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali. This fulfilled what Isaiah said. The land of Zebulon and Naphtali alongside the sea, across the Jordan, the Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who lived in the dark have seen a great light, and a light has come upon them, those who lived in the region and in the shadow of death. And from that time, Jesus began to announce, change, change your hearts and lives, for here comes the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God, we come to you this day with hearts and minds full of the world full of the messages the world gives us, full of the confusions of our daily lives, full of our worries and our fears, full of our schedules and our calendars. And so we come to you today asking for you to still those voices, to quiet those voices, to turn them down so that our heart is open to you, so that we can hear your voice talking to us, saying to us, Listen to me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our God. Amen. So one of my favorite things that we call America is the land of the second chance. We're known, I think, worldwide as the place where people get more than one shot. And I love that about our country. We love, we love a rise and fall and rise again story. It's like our favorite thing in the world. Like I was thinking this morning about Tiger Woods, right? Like we all were, we all were rooting for Tiger when he was 16, right? And winning the Masters by, maybe just you don't watch golf, but I was at like negative 20 degrees and like, or strokes and like killing the field and being the most amazing golfer. And then Tiger, um, he had a little fall. It's a little bit of a stumble, a little fall from grace, and we all got to kick Tiger a few times and be a little righteous and uh, convinced about our superiority. And then Tiger has risen again, right? And we're all rooting for Tiger to get better, right? 
rise, rise and fall and rise again? Or what about um, the free Britney movement, right? Um, Britney Rose had a little fall, big fall, rose again. She's renamed herself. I read that this morning. I don't know what's happened in there. But we love the rise and fall and rise story, right? We've practically perfected the apologetic news conference. Somebody makes a mistake, they get up in front of the news conference, they say, I made a mistake, I'm so sorry, I'm going to spend time with my family and my friends and reevaluate and I will come back. And then always, like six weeks later, they're ready to come back like nothing had happened, right? It's even in our movies, in our TV shows, like I was watching um, 13 Going on 30 again which is the best movie known to mankind, because it stars Jennifer Garner, who is from, everybody, West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> we went to elementary school together, but she was in, like way older than me, so it's not like I know her, but I'm gonna claim her. Um, anyway, it's a movie about a girl who grows up, right? She makes a wish to be a grown-up, and then she becomes a grown-up and realizes she has just messed up her entire life and missed out on all the important things, and she gets to start over again. She gets to go back to her childhood and start again. And that's just one of like three that I could think of, right? Big, if you're a Tom Hanks fan, probably started this genre. We have 17 again with Matthew Perry and Zac Efron, when Zac Efron was in his like super cute phase. And basically every Marvel movie is a rise, fall, rise again story, right? The heroes are gonna beat whoever the bad guy is, and then they all almost look like they're going to die, and then they, they miraculously at the end come back and defeat the villain. Right? Rise, fall, rise again story. We love this chance to redo it. Now, I was watching 13 Going on 30 at 3 a.m. because I couldn't sleep. And I don't know what it is that you think about at 3 a.m. when you can't sleep. Maybe you are worried about um, tax season for different reasons, <laughs> right? I'm worried that I've always got to miss some really important document and definitely get audited, right? <laughs> or maybe you're worried about your children and who they're growing up to be or have grown up to be. Or maybe you are just worried about the world and you can't go to sleep. Or maybe, like me, you think about every stupid thing you've ever said in your entire life, right? I wake up at 3 a.m. and remember everything that I have said that comes out in the that came out in the way that I didn't intend it, right? Like over and over again. And I'm talking years. It's like an encyclopedia up there of every stupid thing I've said, right? And everybody has this 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 bas baggage, the basket, whatever it is that you carry around with you that runs through your head all the time. And the best part about the 3 a.m. wake up is that it is not forever. Because no matter what, no matter what the voices in my head are telling me, no matter how stupid whatever I thought I said was that somebody else probably forgot about 15 years ago, the sun comes up. And the sun comes up and I have to go do things and I can't sit there and obsess about the mistakes that I've made in my life, right? I have fallen in my head, but I get to get back up because the sun has risen. Today's story is a story of God redoing something. We've talked in, before about Ma uh, Matthew telling us the parts of Jesus' life that remind us of Moses. 
And this is just step four in the Moses redoing life plan, because Moses just kind of screwed everything up every time God gave him something to do. Chapter one, we heard the genealogy of Jesus, the family line of Jesus, and we get that from Moses in the entire book of Genesis. That's the point of Genesis, is to tell us who this Moses guy is going to be. In chapter two of both books, we hear about a secret birth that has to be hidden from the authorities because they are afraid of who this Messiah person's going to be. We also hear about an escape to Egypt where the Egypt saves the child. Jesus escapes with Joseph and Mary after Herod threatens to kill him to Egypt. And we know that they return at some point. We don't hear about the return, but Egypt saves Moses and Jesus' life. And today, Jesus is redoing the journey through the wilderness. You see, God sent the Israelites into the wilderness with one rule, which is to follow. I'm sending a big fire, a, a pillar of fire and smoke in front of you, and I'm giving you all the food that you could want to eat, and you're going to be fine. And if you'll just follow the pillar to, you know, the promised land, then everything's going to be fine. It's like a two-week trip, right? But they mess it up over and over and over again. The first temptation in the wilderness is the temptation of hunger. They are sick and tired of having bread. God sends them baskets and baskets of bread, more than they can eat, and they are sick and tired of it. So they fail the temptation of hunger test. At the end of Moses' life, God sends him up to a high hill and points to him and shows him the promised land and said, this is the land that I promised you if you had only trusted me. And the Hebrews are in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, 40 years and 40 nights, because they doubted that God would save them. Jesus encounters these same temptations. The devil, whose job it is to tempt people, that's the devil's job. Now, I went on a really, really, I did a really long video, well, medium-long video on the devil this week as part of our Bible background series. So if you want to know everything there is to know about the devil, you can watch that. I'm not going to go into all that today, except to say that our vision of who the devil is is not what the Bible tells us the devil is. You probably think of the devil as somebody who was created by Milton in the 14th century. Nowhere in the Bible is Satan the embodiment of evil, or the ruler of hell, or the king of the demons. All of that is a medieval invention in literature. The Bible tells us that Satan's job is to act on God's behalf to reveal where your loyalties lie. Satan is called the accuser in the Old Testament, the tester, the tempter. Satan isn't trying to be evil. It's not like a war of the world situation. Satan is just trying to get Jesus to pass the test and to win this time. And so Satan tempts Jesus with the same temptations the Hebrews faced in the wilderness. Hunger, doubt, and the desire to have all the power in the world. Moses got it wrong. And so the Hebrew people rose and then fell again. And this time Jesus gets it right. Jesus passed through the waters of baptism as the Hebrew people passed through the waters of the Passover, through the Red Sea, and heard, both heard the voice of God say, You are my beloved, 
my chosen people. Moses got it right, or wrong, and Jesus got it right. For me, the best part of church every week is the pouring of the water into the baptismal font. It's a reminder that when we pass through the waters, when we have been called into the waters, when we have been blessed by the waters, God has called us by name, has said to us, you are my child whom I love, and some days you're going to be Moses, and some days you're going to be Jesus, and I love you either way. You have been clothed by God, you have been chosen by God, and you have been tempted by Satan. It may be the voices in your head that tell you to be tempted to believe the story that you are not good enough or that you are just a screw-up. It may be that you have made choices for which you are still paying a penalty, that society has said you are not ready to join our society again. It may be that your temptation is to believe the message that you will never have enough. It may be that your temptation is to doubt that God will save you. You are worthy of being saved. All of us have that voice, that Satan who sits on our shoulder, who tempts us to believe the stories that are all wrong, who tempts us to believe that if we just give in to those temptations, we can have all the power in the world, that we can go into the promised land on our own abilities and our own power, And I'm telling you that you will fail that test every time unless you lean into the grace of God. You will fail the test that Satan gives to you unless you remember that you were named and claimed in baptism, that you are a child of God and God is not going to let you go hungry. God is not going to let you dash your foot on a stone. There may be hard times. There is no guarantee in this world that you are going to have everything that you want. But that does not mean that God has left you alone in the wilderness. We are not wandering for 40 days and 40 nights. We are not wandering for 40 years. We have a pillar that goes before us that tells us where to go if we just trust it long enough. If we just quiet the voice in our minds long enough, which say, oh, I don't know, is that fire or is that just sort of a red light, right? If we just quiet that voice in our mind which tells us that we are not worthy of the calling. You are going to be Moses some days and you are going to be Jesus some days. But either way, God has called you through the water. And if you haven't been baptized yet, then today is a great opportunity to consider it. Because God is calling to you and saying, You are my child, and I love you, and I want to give you the water that will sustain you when you are tempted, that will be with you when you are hungry and thirsty, that will be your name, my child. It's open to you. It's a reminder to you that you are named and claimed and loved by God, and Satan will not win that battle, ever. It may be 3 a.m. for you, and you may be waiting for the sun to rise, but I promise you the sun 
always rises. You've just got to get through those temptations to not believe that. To choose the, bread, the rock instead of the bread. You can begin again every morning. Every time the sun comes up, you get a new chance to pass the test. God wants you to. God's rooting for you to do that. You can do that. Because you are loved by God. Just the way you are. Amen.